As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Steikast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. Today we bring you news of another superb result for Union Melin, this season's unlikeliest Champions League contenders. There's another Borussia Dortmund draw against lower table opposition to lament, Lucien Favre not at fault this time, RB Leipzig falling short against Wolfsburg and Schalke going back to losing ways, sadly. We'll also be looking at Bayern Munich's response after that embarrassing cup defeat by Holstein Kiel midweek and wonder if it's time to start worrying about Borussia Mönchengladbach. All of this and more in Stahlcast. Hello dear listener and hello Christoph Biermann who is in a particularly good mood today for reasons that will become all too clear in due course. But before we get going, here's your regular reminder that you can read about the Bundesliga and indeed all the world's best team sports in The Athletic for just £3.99 per month. Sign up at theathletic.com slash StarCastPod. So, Christoph, you're very happy uh, as we record this game because not only have you been enthralled by the various um, Bundesliga games, but also a Bundesliga 2 game that is perhaps slightly closer to your heart. Tell us all about it. This is your moment in the sunshine, even though it's blue. <laughs> Monday in January. Please, stage yeah, it's, is yours. Uh, it's, it's blue and white Monday, actually, because uh, ah. Bochum is topping the uh, second division, at least for today, because uh, later on Monday evening, uh, Hamburg is playing uh, at home to Osnabrück, and so they can uh, gain back the first spot of the table. But uh, as long as that, that, that didn't happen, uh, Bochum is top of the table after the defeating Mighty Nuremberg, uh, 3-1 on, on Saturday. And uh, actually, it's uh, point-wise the best season in 10 years. And that's the 10 years my team is stuck in the second division. So I'm a, a, a happy man so far <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to my mm. club. If, if you're happy, I'm happy. And I'm sure the listeners share 
share your joy. Uh, thank you, listeners. It's tough enough. Um, <laughs> thank you, Rafa. Being a Fulford Bochum supporter. Those those days are a few and rare in, in between. So let, let's cherish them. As far as the Bundesliga, the real Bundesliga is concerned, uh, this was a difficult match day to sum up because there were so many draws and only a few real winners. But one of them was a team that you also have one or two sympathies for, maybe... Union Berlin, I mean, we have been talking a lot about them. We've been sort of joking, ha-ha, you know, Champions League, Europa League, of course it will not happen. But they won again, won against Leverkusen, another excellent performance, even though maybe the winner was slightly fortunate. But now look where they are, Christoph. Look where they are. I mean, you can no longer be a Union Berlin Europa League denier, I think. <laughs> 28 points, fifth spot, one off fourth where Dortmund and Leverkusen now have 29. I mean, this is this is even a bigger fairy tale than last year. I mean, I, I'm sorry to say that because I know you wrote the definitive book on last year's fairy tale, but maybe you have to do another version with fairy yeah, tale yeah. 2.0. Yeah, I, I already told them that I will return for the Champions League, uh, but but uh, I was uh, I was sent out the door. Uh, so <laughs> so I'm still in in Team Urs Fischer, who is uh, still claiming that they have uh, they are uh, counting their points against uh, relegation. Is uh, this the problem that you is that you held them back last year that you? influence you know, uh, stop maybe them from a, yeah. achieving their full potential <laughs> i i i that's the impression i have uh, uh, right now um yeah but 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 honestly um it was again a very good performance uh, they they were having um, a bit lucky in the first half because uh, leverkusen um, uh, whom they had lost to three times last season in the Bundesliga and in the German Cup as well. Um, they they had uh, one or two good chances in the first half, but but if, if you if you count the big chances, it was the um, win in two minutes from time uh, wasn't undeserved. So yeah, I mean we said it already before. You you have to really take them seriously. It's it's. Uh, Especially when it comes to uh, the defending part of football, I think there are not many teams in the Bundesliga who who are uh, better than Union Berlin right now, um, and that's the foundation of of, of the success. And uh, but they also have scored the I think still second most goals in the Bundesliga, and that's a big surprise. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, looking at the table, Leipzig fourteen. Leverkusen 16 and Wolfsburg 19 considered are the only three teams with sturdier defences and, and going forward they are considerably uh, powerful, um, only outscored by Bayern at this point, which is remarkable really. Is there anything that makes you doubt the fact that this can continue? I mean it doesn't look as if they're overachieving, they're seem to be playing well and getting the results that are in line with the performances so far. I totally agree. Um, it's, it, it's, it's not a, 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 a case of a team just having uh, big luck, just flying and so on. And, and they, they also um, um, have uh, coped with uh, setbacks with injured players. So for, for example, against uh, Leverkusen uh, uh, in, already in the first half, um, Geraldo Becker, who, who was uh, very important in recent uh, games, also scoring goals, 
um, picked up an injury and, and had to um, leave the pitch early on. And uh, Cedric Teuchert came in, exactly the guy who, who scored the late winner. And, and, and that impressive me most um, because, uh, yes, they have a lot of injuries, but, but when, when you see them play, you, uh, it's almost like whoever comes in uh, does his job um, on, on a top level and, and they continue these uh, good performances. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. The only thing that spoiled the joy and the happiness uh, for anyone associated with Union a little bit, was this alleged racist incident between Nadia Mamiri and Florian Hübner. Can you explain, Christoph, what you think happened there and what the fallout might be? So what happened is still a bit unclear. Um, uh, after the game, uh, Jonathan Tarr, the Leverkusen defender, told one of the, um, in a TV interview, uh, that Nadim Amiri had been insulted by an Union player as a, um, quote here, a shit Afghan. Nadim Amiri is of Afghanian descent, but he is uh, German. He is born in Germany. He played for uh, the German national team already. And you could see that Amiri was really furious um, after the game. And then um, his uh, brother posted, uh, Amiri's brother posted uh, something on, on Instagram accusing uh, Florian Hübner uh, that he had insulted his, his, his brother um, and that he is sitting um, in the changing room in tears. But what we heard afterwards is uh, that Florian Hübner um, uh, went to the uh, Leverkusen dressing room, uh, sincerely apologized. That was uh, the message from Bayer Leverkusen on the next day and that Amiri accepted the apologies and uh, Hübner seems to claim that he didn't say, uh, didn't um, insult him uh, uh, in a racist way. And, um, and um, I mean, I, I, I know Florian Hübner and I would be surprised to hear something like this uh, from him because I've never heard some something similar from him. But that, that's only a, a personal uh, impression. He, he is... Um, also married to to a, a woman or, um, that have I think Indian descendant, uh, so, so I, I I would be surprised to to see this kind of racist mind frame with, with him, but the the case is is uh, pretty unclear um, so far, and the German FA is uh, has um, obviously. Um, come forward um, uh, to to clear the um, uh, situation and uh, and I think um, Florian Hübner and Union Berlin has to uh, testify about it uh, in in one way or another. So that's uh, the the situation right now. This sort of thing is a, is a very big deal. We saw what happened with Luis um, Suarez and Patrice Evra. An eight-week ban after lengthy investigation, including lawyers and expert witnesses and so on. Do you get the sense, Christoph, that it is going to be pursued to a similar uh, extent when it comes to really cracking down on this? Or is the uh, German face still, I don't want to say more lenient, more tolerant, but perhaps less insistent that this this thing you know, shouldn't, 
shouldn't happen ever. Uh, uh, maybe that's a, a case here uh, where we can uh, can find out uh, what the um, um, how they approach it. Um, I mean, um, we have to say here um, that the the case is not fully clear if. Um, uh, Florian Hübner actually said what 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 it was told that he said because Jonathan Tarr, did, for example, didn't hear it himself. Somebody told him. But if if that happened, uh, I I think uh, the German FL will be judged by um, uh, the reaction to it. And um, so the case is 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 still open. And um, but but I'm I'm really really interested to see if they really take it seriously, and they should. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. And let's not prejudge the issue. Um, as far as the FA's reaction is concerned, but indeed also the case itself, because they are conflicting versions of what happened. Um, no conflicting versions about Dortmund's 1-1 draw against Mainz. It was one of those Dortmund games, wasn't it, uh, Christoph? With the difference uh. that this time it had a um, perhaps more obvious villain, uh, Lucien Favre, no longer there to take the blame. <laughs> um, Edin Terzic having done decent work, but still couldn't, of course, help the fact that Marco Royce missed a penalty and effectively missed a chance to put more pressure on Bayern. Dortmund, who were back in the title race last week, seem to be out again this week. <laughs> what can we say about this team? I mean, it, the frustration seems to be continuing there. My, my impression was um, that it, it's not... Uh, the same story um, that we have been talking about um, in the past with um, Borussia Dortmund playing sleepy football against um, uh, minor teams in, in the Bundesliga. My impression is uh, was they they took the, uh, mine seriously. Um, they uh, uh, created enough chances uh, to to win the game, and uh, the most obvious one was uh, the penalty that Marco Reus missed. So yes, it was it was a game to be frustrated about. But I think uh, um, still um, the impression stays that uh, Terzic has managed at least to uh, turn around the. Attitude, or not only the attitude, but the way how Borussia Dortmund is approaching uh, matches. So it's it's more hardworking now. And and on the other hand side, I think uh, Terzic also said it. It's uh, they lacked uh, in in some situations maybe. Uh, the a playful element, a, a light element to um, to overcome a, a very uh, defensive uh, mindset. So, um, so it's so my my conclusion is um, is not uh, is is that the overall trend for Borussia Dortmund is um, is better. Um, than the results. Okay, well, they are favourites now to win a trophy, perhaps not the Bundesliga, but the DFB Pokal, because Bayern got knocked out in midweek by second division Holstein Kiel on penalties. Uh, Dortmund, Leipzig and Gladbach now among the contenders to, to win that trophy uh, in place of Bayern. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. 
Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. But Bayern did strike back uh, in typical Bayern fashion, uh, winning uh, with a bit of luck, but I guess on balance, well-deserved against Freiburg. 2-1 on Sunday night. Lewandowski with a goal, Müller with a second. And uh, Peterson very nearly scored an equaliser. But <laughs> you get the sense, Christoph, that this Bayern mini-crisis or maybe just lack of of consistency is not just a blip. This is a story that we've been talking about throughout the season. And Bayern still look fragile, still look vulnerable. And I think increasingly the fault lines behind the scenes between Hansi Flick and Hassan Salihamidzic are beginning to, I don't want to say become more pronounced, but it is clear that there is a disconnect, I think, to a certain extent, with the players that Hassan Salihamidzic has brought in and Flick's demands, who he feels, and I think he's beginning to to show his displeasure, don't really provide the cover and the quality that Bayern would have needed. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, it, it, it's 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 uh, how how it looks like um, uh, from from the outside and and also. But but coming back to to the game, I mean, this match was uh, I would say only fifteen centimeters from uh, away from being a huge crisis because, uh, as you mentioned, uh, um, Peterson. Uh, hit the woodwork in in two minutes from time and uh, at that moment Bayern was a kind of desperately uh, defending against uh, Freiburg at home and and uh, um, already this uh, looked was a very strange uh, situation to to see uh, things are not okay with Bayern Munich uh, right now. I, I think they will be happy to that they had a kind of dirty win or a labelled win or, um, but it's um, right now they don't get things going and um, and uh, and it's so obvious that uh, the investment they did in summer uh, didn't pay off uh, with the players that Salihamidzic brought in and um, on the other hand side the loss they had um, uh, Thiago uh, I think we have to uh, remember him here and yeah and what do you mean remember i i light a candle every day to remember (laughs) i don't know if if you see that uh saw that that uh, christian streich is also in in your team or or i have to say our team uh, another tiago believer yeah yeah he was uh, when he was asked before the match uh, about the crisis or the problems that uh, Bayern munich is having he he was uh, starting to 
to praise Tiago and how fantastic he is and how much he uh, is missed by uh, Bayern Munich and, and, and so on. And, uh, and, and I think that's uh, not the sole explanation, but, but, but uh, yes, uh, it, it's still a point. Uh, it's, a, it's a very good point because Bayern continue to have issues as far as their structure game with the ball is concerned and also their pressing resistance without Thiago, of course, is, is not quite at the same level. Uh, they did win and uh, they did manage to stave off that next crisis or next uh, escalation level of the crisis by just getting over the line with that win. And that means they have won uh, prematurely the first half of the season because we're coming up to 17 games with the midweek program. Uh, we have a lot of different champions this year. There's a Christmas champion that was Bayern. There'll be a Hinrunde champion that is Bayern. And the way it looks, they might well be the real champion as well because Leipzig who had a chance to put more pressure on them on Saturday and to make sure that uh, Dortmund are kept at bay only managed a 2-2 draw against Wolfsburg. Now beating Wolfsburg is is not easy only two teams have done it but was that yet another indication that for all the positive things that are happening there there seems to be a glass ceiling for this team. They just can't get those big wins for some reason. Yeah, but if, if we were singing the Thiago song about his departure from um, Bayern Munich and how much he is missed, I think uh, Julian Nagelsmann can sing the Timo Werner song because... Um, What's the tune? Because <laughs> it, it, there is a Thiago tune now in Liverpool. I don't know if you've heard that. No, it's it's based on um, the Cuba, you know, the Gibson brothers. Ah, okay, okay. Tiago, Tiago Alcantara. <laughs> so I don't know if Timo, <laughs> Timo <laughs> Werner is nimmer da. No, it's <laughs> okay. not quite the same. Uh, maybe same maybe range. Miss You uh, uh, will do uh, Rolling Stones Miss You. I don't know. Mm. But um, so, so the, uh, who scored the most goals for RB Leipzig? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good uh, uh, question in, in a bar. Um, because it's a, a left defender, Angelino, and he scored four goals. And I, th I think that says it all. So Julian Nagelsmann is trying the false nine and, and he has uh, also Sirlot, uh, who is, uh, who isn't, he is not trying because he's spending a lot of time on the bench. Um, and, uh, yeah, Sir miss a lot, more like. <laughs> yeah, and um, so he, he hasn't arrived so far in, in, at Leipzig. And so I, I think that's uh, the, the glass ceiling for, for RB Leipzig right now. And, and you could see it in Wolfsburg as well, where they had the better chances than uh, the home team, is, is, is somebody who bangs in uh, some more goals. Um, I mean, again, if, if your best goal scorer is a left defender and he scores uh, four goals in the first half of the season, uh, that's not enough. No, it's not enough. And I think it's it's frustrating for, for Nagelsmann. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see him talking about the players that they've lost and perhaps intimating that some of the players that have come in haven't done it. But the fact of the matter is that Sirlot, who was brought in to be the new main striker just hasn't hasn't done it as you said and I think that leaves them with 
with options, of course, and the, the, the ability to spread the goals around, but they seem to be working very, very hard for each goal. It needs, needs to be combination. There needs to be things really happening. They don't just have a guy who just turns up and, and somehow gets there by, by sheer force of his will or his, his physicality. Uh, and that, that has an impact. I mean, they have scored 20 fewer goals than Bayern, They've also conceded nine fewer, but 20 is a, is a gap that is just too big, I think, if you want to want to win the league. And that seems to be like a, another opportunity missed for them to, to take advantage of that weakness from Bayern. Do we have to talk about Gladbach in, in more negative terms, I wonder? Another 2-2 draw against Stuttgart. I mean, I say another 2-2 draw, but uh, they, they beat Bayern, of course, um, 3-2 in that fine performance only uh, nine days ago they did win at Bielefeld but the performances in the league on the whole has been have been very very uneven and that is reflected in the table where they're only eighth now uh, still within touching distance of the Champions League places uh, four points adrift of Borussia Dortmund and fourth but not really what they wanted to do um, Christoph is this a case of Having played so well last season, having done so well in the Champions League, we are more forgiving. Um, you know, we we kind of just dwell on the positives rather than than looking at those results. Or is it beginning to turn into a bit of an issue? Because European qualification for this team is is absolutely key if they want to keep growing, especially with the chance that Marco Rosa might depart in the summer. Yeah, but but, but when we when we talk about um, uh, the, the game in, in Stuttgart, you would be tempted to say they gave away again a very late goal with the um, uh, penalty that came after a very dubious uh, VAR situation uh, with Ben Sebaini, um uh, holding uh, Kaladzic, the uh, huge striker of Stuttgart, and when you when you look at it, I think in the end, and and that's what Felix Brüch, the referee, said, it was a wrong intervention of um, uh, of the video referee, and then it was a wrong uh, decision um, of by Felix Brüch uh, to to give a penalty because uh, Kaladzic was was falling over uh, because he was kicked by one of his teammates. So it was a, a very unlucky uh, uh, draw. I, I, I think it's uh, both teams were balanced, but um, or equal. And uh, but but uh, um, uh, Gladbach was a bit better, and and they would have deserved to to win it. And uh, they can claim to be very unlucky, especially with the situation I was uh, just describing. So yeah, so they were like sixty seconds from 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 away from a big win, and uh, also in the combination with the win against Bayern Munich. So I think we shouldn't be too harsh uh, with them uh, right now, and and look. Um, how things develop in, in uh, weeks to come. Okay, this is all, of course, in the absence of Marcus Turam, who's about to come back from his lengthy spitting ban. Uh, just one more thing on that penalty. It was a strange decision. At the same time, Benzibaini sort of embraces Kalacic from behind um, with a full locking of his own arms. It, not enough to bring him down, but at the same time, 
it's not really the sort of challenge you want to make in the last minute of the game in the box. Yes, and and but but on the other hand side, if you if you um, if you look uh, at situations uh, during the match, you have uh, matches you have hundreds of it, and uh, and his uh, he was embracing him only. Uh, very briefly and lightly, so I, it wasn't the the case of of one huge guy uh, um, uh, holding another huge guy, and then they both uh, um, uh, fall over. You can criticize Benzabaini for that. Um, should it be more clever? But but the the decision in the end was wrong. I would say mm. we have two nil nils that we should just mention briefly uh, for the sake of. Of just mentioning them really, uh, Köln Hertha, where we thought the loser might lose his job, um, both managed to do just enough to maybe live another day. Markus Kistol with that a draw, making sure that Köln stays in 16th spot, and Hertha under Bruno Labbadia treading water really there in 13th on 17 points. But you get the sense, and this is something that you touched upon, Christoph, that Bruno Labbadia perhaps not the man that will take Hertha forward. Uh, when it comes to their huge ambitions uh, with all the investment that uh, that's coming in. But the biggest game that we haven't mentioned so far in terms of the result and the clubs involved was Frankfurt-Schalke. Now, Schalke, fresh off their first win in a calendar year, go back to losing ways, 3-1 against Frankfurt. Was this a case of just basically coming up against a much better team and there's not much that, that Schalke could have done, even in normal times? Or did we see Schalke kind of giving up again in this game? No, they weren't giving up. But in a way, it was 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 uh, back to normal because they almost created nothing. When, when you're talking about the depressing aspect for Schalke is they scored a goal uh, that was a defensive error because uh, Hinteregger, the defender, and Trapp, the goalkeeper, were both uh, uh, reluctant to jump in a situation. And Matthew Hopper, the American, was... Uh, was happy to take um, the advantage of it and and, and scoring um, an equalizer the, uh, just a minute be, be after Frankfurt had gone one nil up. But apart from that, um, Schalke was almost non-existent in in attack and uh, um, and so so it was the um, a day for for Frankfurt uh, moving stories fairy tales and so on uh, because David Abraham the beloved captain of the team the Argentinian played his uh, last match the last match of his career because he is going back into his homeland and um, because he wants to spend more time with this uh, little boy. And uh, very, very funny situation after uh, the final whistle because he was swapping shirts with the referee, with Manuel Grefe, who is uh, probably the most popular referee among German professionals because he is so relaxed. Cool, uh, cool yeah, he is a cool referee and um, and that was very funny and also uh, Luka Jovic coming back to Frankfurt uh, who had left uh, the the Frankfurt team who was uh, astounding Europe reaching the Europe League um, final against uh, Chelsea and um, so he uh, after this he, he went to Real Madrid uh, without being able to 
uh, find a place in the team. And so Real Madrid loaned him out last week back to Frankfurt uh, till the end of the season. And when he, after he came in, he, he scored uh, goal number two and goal number three for Frankfurt. So a lot of... Um, Uh, warm feelings uh, among Frankfurt and among Frankfurt's uh, supporters. But uh, Schalke afterwards uh, were like, yeah, yeah, um, Frankfurt was too good for us and now we have to concentrate on the big match and the big match is on Wednesday against uh, uh, Cologne. And uh, for example, if if, uh, Schalke would lose it, um, I mean, it's uh, difficult to imagine how uh, Cologne scores a goal, but but, but, but anyhow, their relegation uh, battle would almost uh, already be over. And... um, but but uh, winning it, um, uh, they would be back in the game. They also go back the memory lane, but in a different way than uh, Frankfurt, because um, obviously Klaas-Jan Hüntela is uh, coming back um, to Schalke uh, from Ajax Amsterdam, who is 37 now. And uh, also there is, there are talks of... Rafinha coming back to Schalke. I don't know how old he is now. He's he's playing in Genoa. He must be also 36 or 37. Yeah, and there were were a lot of jokes about uh, Klaus Fischer and Rüdiger Abramczyk also (laughs) coming back. And uh, yeah, that's um, uh, Schalke tries to to strengthen uh, their squad, um, especially in in offense. Uh, A funny side story. They actually contacted uh, Vedat Ibisevic. Uh, you remember he came. He, he he came also one of the old guys coming in before the, uh, the start of the season. But then he was following out. I think was Naldo and uh, and was sent away or the assistant the, coach. The assistant coach exactly and. Um, and, uh, and and now they he was pro- fired effectively. Yeah, he was fired. Okay, uh, let's put it like that. He was fired, and then uh, he was asked if he uh, what, what he thinks about returning. Uh, now that Christian Gross is is uh, the manager, I think that uh, tells a lot uh, how chaotic. Uh, and desperate the uh, situation is at Schalke. Yeah. So Matthew Hoppe for for any American listeners, perhaps not the savior. I mean, he did score again, which is amazing, but you seem to suggest that Schalke are still in the market for somebody slightly more experienced up front. Yeah, and uh, I think, it, which, um, I mean, I, I don't want to play it down, but it, it looks a bit like um, uh, Matthew Hoppe has a, um, a hot streak right now that is maybe a bit hotter than his real abilities are. Right, that's not something we can say about Schalke on the whole, of course. Um, if there's any exact opposite of a hot streak, I don't know, some frozen run or something, that is definitely <laughs> what what we would um, say about them. Right, I think that's all we got time for today. But as a special um, boon for you, dear listener, we will be coming back on Thursday with a special edition of Starcast after those midweek fixtures that we've talked about, including Leverkusen Dortmund, whew, the Bosch Derby, and Leipzig Union, Champions League shootout. Ahoy! Check in with us again on Thursday. Until then, have a lovely week. Bye bye. The Athletic.
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.